For those that don't already know, my name is Terry Rafferty, and I really have to first start out just by saying I'm honored, super honored that um, God has chosen me to be able to talk about this part of his plan to bring a Savior into the world. Um, but before I begin, I always feel better if I give you a little disclosure about where I'm coming from. First of all, I'm going to give you a little disclosure on me, and then I'm going to give you a little Mary disclosure. This part of God's plan involves basically two pregnancies. And I feel like you guys know, I, I'm not a big fan of being pregnant at all. I am not one of those women that love to be pregnant. Um, don't get me wrong, I do love the results of it. I have three amazing daughters, two of them are in the audience right here. And I love that. I am in awe of the, of the process that the human body is designed to create another human body. I just happen to be more in awe of it for other people than for me. So, I share that with you because if I seem less than enthusiastic when we get to the pregnancy parts, that's why. Number two on Mary. The thing about Mary, so it was estimated that she was between 13 and 15 years old. And she was raised in a devout Jewish religion. Just as I was raised in Christian religion from day one, she was in a Jewish religion. She was very devout. She was very familiar with God's promises of a coming Savior. Where we believe in the second coming of God, we know and believe that there's a second coming of Jesus. She knew and believed in the first coming. And that's where Mary is coming from. And that's really significant as we get into their story. So we're going to read with um, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 34. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, the angel told her, for you have found great favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. I have to stop right there. I have to tell you guys right now, I've been playing the Moses card so fast. For those of you familiar with the story of Moses, God told Moses that he was going to, he was going to send him to Pharaoh, and he was going to lead his people out of Egypt. And the first thing Moses says is, wait a minute, who am I to lead to go to Pharaoh? Who am I to lead your children out of Israel, or out of Egypt? That's me right there. Oh, wait a minute. Oop, wait a minute, God. I have had a couple problems with this. One of them would have been the mere fact that she was pregnant that I would have to get pregnant. And yet, I appreciate the fact that Mary is a virgin here, and she's not aware of her awaiting joy, but still, I would have had a problem. 
Number two, I never had a hard time with the fact she wasn't married. Martha Shelley with our three daughters, I just said that. And the uh, first two times that I found out I was pregnant, I was not married. And it was terrible. I, have to, I wasn't worried about what kind of mom I was going to be, how I was going to support my child. I was worried about telling my parents. I was terrified of what my grandpa, my grandparents were going to think of me. I was worried about what everyone was going to think of me because I was pregnant outside of marriage. No better way to showcase your sin than to get pregnant when you're not married. Then, and we actually never did marry. The second time I got pregnant, again, a couple years later, um, this time was worse. I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know I turned around and I did it again. Let me tell you how this one went. We met in October. I found out I was pregnant in January. We were married in February. We picked a payday. That is how romantic this situation was. Now, I, I can't tell you guys that that is the only reason that I got married, is that I was pregnant, but I do feel comfortable telling you about 60% of why we got married, and the other 40% I fell in the category of pure stupid. And we actually never did make it. I did get a third daughter out of it. I gotta mention that, because she's right there, giving me a dirty look right now. Now, the thing about this, can you guys hear me okay? The thing about this is, I was going through all of that, and that was in 1987 and 1990, in the United States of America. When Mary, when Gabriel was telling Mary this, yeah, it was over in Galilee, and it was a punishable offense. It was punishable by stoning. Here, I'm worried about what my parents are going to think. Mary, she had to worry about standing in a circle of a bunch of men and having rocks for another. I wouldn't have been asking, hey, how is this going to happen? I would have been terrified about what was going to happen when it did happen. So, my response would have looked a little bit more like this. shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That was God's plan all along. Do you ever notice that God doesn't seem to be too concerned about doing things the easy way? Time and time again throughout his word, 
many of those stories, he gives us examples of how he pulls off his plans and purposes under some of the most difficult of circumstances. Back to Moses, leading the children out of Egypt, ten plagues. Jonah, in the belly of a fish to save the Ninevites. Time and time again, we hear stories of him accomplishing his plans in this way. This series has been called The Window, the Birth of Jesus, the Birth of a Community. And up to this point, we've been looking at it as wonder from a sense of beauty and awe. When I get to this part of God's plan, I have to look at it from a sense of, I wonder, what is God trying to tell me about who he is by not being too concerned about the easy way out? Especially when now we can. He created the heavens and the earth. He could have done it a ton of different ways. There had to be someone in the land of David that was rich and that had a castle, and our Savior could have been brought into the world under harsh circumstances. But that's not the way it happened. The only thing I can think of, the only way that all these examples make sense to me, is because we serve the good. We serve a big God that is above our circumstances. He's showing us that he is above our physical limitations. He is above our fear, above our egos, and he is above our resources. He loves us, and he will be with us every step of the way. And that's what he's telling us. And actually, that's what you start seeing happening right away. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, the relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in all of age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a deathly son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. What's the first thing that God does here? He answered Mary's question. Earlier, she had the question, How is this going to happen? God answered her question. Now, He doesn't always answer our questions quite so clearly. But sometimes he does. He knows us, and he loves us, and understands us, and he knows when we absolutely need an answer. He also knows when maybe we don't need an answer, and we just need to continue in our faith. But for me personally, I'm so grateful that God chose to answer this question. In my mind, it's only fair. I know that God doesn't need my approval for what he does, and actually this happened of years ago, so it's a moot point. But Mary was growing our Savior within her body, and she's been doing so for nine months. I love the fact that God chose this situation as really good answer. That's the God we serve, and I'm super happy that He did that. And then we get this comment about Elizabeth. At face value, 
if we didn't, if we didn't know that we didn't serve such an intentional God, I don't think this is a pretty random comment. Here we're all talking about bringing a Savior into the world and how it's going to happen, and then all of a sudden you get this, oh, and by the way, your 88-year-old relative Elizabeth, she's pregnant. No one thought it was going to happen, but she's now in her sixth month. With God, nothing is impossible. And my mom was what's up with that? Why did you tell us that? He was throwing her a lifeline right there. He was giving her someone to turn to. He knows that we need each other. And that fear, he was letting her know that she could go talk to Elizabeth. He knows we need community, and he was setting her up right away. He also gave her some assurance, and he said, hey, if God, nothing is impossible, and he will endorse them. And then we watch God work on her heart. And you can see this in Mary's response. Earlier, when she responded to, the, to Gabriel, she responded in the form of a question. Here, that's not how she's responding. She says, I am the Lord's servant. Make everything you have said about me come true. This response is a response of acceptance, of hope and belief. This is God at work. He is preparing her heart for the next part of her journey. You cannot tell me that that's a human response right there. To being told that you're going to bring a Savior into the world via supernatural conception. No, that was God. And everything he does that with us too. He doesn't expect us to have everything out tidy and in order to be able to fulfill his plans and purposes. No, he's working behind the scenes. He's working on your heart. He's working on your attitude. He's giving you what she needed to fulfill this part of his plan. to right away. He told her where she could go. He gave her a sense of peace. And he knew that she had a little bit of resolve. She knew it was going to happen. It was okay that she was left alone in that moment. I mean, I think I would have still been a little bit stunned. I like thrown everything in the suitcase and I would have tore off to Elizabeth's house. But as it turns out, it's not what she did. A few days later, Mary hurried to the whole country of Judea, to the town of Zechariah. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my room jumped for joy. 
you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. I love this. He sets Mary and Elizabeth up together. Look at these two miraculous pregnancies going on here. One for Mary, and we've got this other one for Elizabeth. Pregnancies. I'm sure you guys how I'm not a big fan of being pregnant. One of the reasons is that you're an emotional cycle when you're pregnant. It's terrible. And so, here these two women get to come together. Look at what God was telling them by placing them together. He's saying, hey, you guys aren't crazy. They had the question if they were crazy. And not to excuse men of their crazy because you guys can be crazy as well. God does do that for us. Sometimes we do think as we're going through life. Is that crazy? Think about if he cares about those kind of things. And he let us know in this example, hey, no, you guys are crazy. And he set them up together. The other thing I, I really love about these verses specifically is that he had a 13 to 15 year old person and he had an 88 the Lord put them in God's plan and purpose for them. What that tells me is that God has no timeline on when he can use you. And as a 55-year-old woman, I have great hope in that. Because that means I have 32 more years left to go and God can still use me. And I will be used for God. He doesn't care how old you are. You do not know when God's going to use you. We just want to continue in our faith. The other thing is we see God really setting up again and reinforcing the importance of community and reinforcing how we need each other. He knows that life is not easy and he does not intend us to do that alone. Here we see you see them getting together and all excited and there's a bunch of joy and love and goodness in this passage. And I like what we've done today. People walk in the church, we get greeted, there's a ton of love and goodness. We get to share with each other in our, our love for Jesus and share belief. I love that and I am so grateful for that. And probably the most important thing about this passage is how told us where to start. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And then just to take it a little step further, we see in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Mary's journey and God's plan started with her belief. And that's where that's what he started as well in God's belief. In the beating world. Now, to look at my part, she's gonna come up and she's gonna close and pray with us. But before she does, I I just want you to be encouraged as you celebrate of this Christmas season and the birth of our Savior. 
And I want you to be encouraged that you serve a God that is bigger than your circumstances. He's beyond what other people think. He's beyond what you think. He has a plan and purpose for you, and he will be with you every step of the way to see it through. That's a beautiful God. He loves us, and he actually did all of this for us.